The reading today is from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 to 20 and 27. One body with many parts. The human body has many parts, but many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some of us are Gentiles, some are slaves and some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not part of the body because I am not a hand, does that not make it any less of the part of the body? And if the ear says, I am not part of the body because I am not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts. And God has put each just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. Great. Thank you, Vicky. Good morning, everyone. Good to see you. It's great to be here. Summer seems like a distant memory, doesn't it? Already two weeks into the term and um, it's raining and it's grey, but we're all here. I love being here with you guys. I love being part of church and we're studying, studying is the wrong word, we're not studying, we're exploring what it means to be church and um, that's our series. Last week Peter talked to us about Jesus being the head of the church And the Bible tells us that it's around him. We're formed around him. We sang that song, didn't we? Uh, We're one in him. Uh, He is the one who brings us together. Where else would you get this mix of people in a room together unless they're focused around Jesus? Yeah, it's great, isn't it, though? And and he does that. He does that. He forms church around himself. I don't know about you, but I've learned a new worship phrase this morning. I've offered up my Ebenezer to the Lord. Do you all? Pardon? Well, it's funny you should ask that, Peter. What, what does the Ebenezer mean? I think it means, well, I think it comes from Samuel. And um, he offered up a stone to remember who God is. And it's a testimony for how good God is. Thank you for asking. I'm sure you all knew that as well. Um, so next time we sing that, we'll, we'll, we'll know. So Jesus loves his church. You and I are part of the body of the church it's a really uh, privilege, a real privilege to be part of this body. We talked about Jesus being the head of the church last week. And literally, this, this, is, this amazes me that God, Jesus chooses to make himself known through you and me now. We are now, the Bible says, his body on earth. He makes himself known through us. When Jesus walked this earth, he spoke with his mouth. He healed people by laying on his hands. He walked to people with his own feet, to people who no one else would walk to, and included them in the love of God. And today, he chooses to speak with our mouths, and he chooses to heal with our hands, and he chooses to walk to people who no one else will walk to with our feet. We are his body on earth. It's it's an amazing privilege, and to explore what it means to be church is good. What does the Bible say about it? 
So I want to say to you this morning, the first question I want to ask you, what, what is your expectation of what church should be? What, what expectations do you have of the church? And, and I hope it goes without saying that when we talk about the church in this series, we're not talking about this stuff. We're talking about you and me, the people. We're talking about the whole package, not just the Sunday morning. We're talking about the whole life of the people of God living out their lives with Jesus and with each other. So that's what we're talking I hope that is a context within which you hear all of this. But what is your expectation of the church? And I want to explore what that means for us today. If we have mixed up expectations, we might end up being disappointed. And we might not end up being what Jesus wants us to be. So it's really important we know what our expectations are for the church. Um, I had an experience over the summer where we went to Brittany in France. And um, it's a place we've been to before. And uh, we went to this creperie, you know, a pancake place. Brittany in France is famous particularly, or one of the things that they have in Brittany is is pancakes. They're good at making pancakes. And um, we went to this French restaurant, to this creperie, and we kind of had expectations of what we would get at this place. You know, you go to a restaurant, you kind of know what you're going to get. You're going to hopefully get someone who welcomes you at the door, takes you to ask how many of you there are, sits you down, waits a few minutes, comes and takes you a drink. What would you like to drink? Waits a few more minutes, comes and then says, have you had a chance to look at the menu? And uh, you choose. That's kind of your expectation, isn't it, of your experience that you're going to have in a restaurant. Well, madame came to us and took our drink orders um, and we ordered our pancakes but for some reason she decided that I was the person to talk to. I, I, I often make the mistake of speaking the little French I know in quite a good accent and then, and then they kind of just assume that I'm the one who can do the talking and I end up being quite Mr Bean-like for the rest of the conversation just going we, oui, <laughs> we oui, um, and hoping that I'm saying yes to something good. Um, Anyway, she came up and um, she took our order. And um, in Brittany, they have in the, the savoury pancakes, they make the savoury pancakes with uh, black flour, um, blanc noir, just in case you were wondering. Um, they, thank you. You can, see, you can see why they talk to me. <laughs> um, they make their pancakes with blanc noir, with this, um, this, this uh, it's buckwheat flour, basically. And their sweeter pancakes are made more like probably you and I would have um, uh, on pancake day, those kind of, that kind of mix. Well, I, I asked if we could have our savoury pancakes, but with the sweet pancake mix, because the children didn't want buckwheat pancakes. And uh, she suddenly went into no longer the, the waitress, but into kind of grandmother mode and started going, mm, no, you, you come to Brittany and you should have Brittany pancakes like we have them. And um, she just didn't approve, really, of our choices of pancakes. Um, this wasn't what I was expecting from my experience um, in, the, in the pancake shop. Um, anyway, she, she went with it, and then she brought out a pancake, which was made with buckwheat pancake, just for me, even though I'd not ordered a buckwheat pancake. She said, you will try a buckwheat pancake. And I'm like, by now I'm like... Mm, yeah, okay, sorry. I'm not quite sure what I've been saying to her. You know, did I ask for that? Was it my French? Or she, but she just decided that we're gonna have, I was going to have this. And she, I'm sure she said it's a present, you know, like a bit 
c'est un cadeau, you know, Monty Python, for those of you. Um, <laughs> and um, I, I, I actually really liked it, and I said to her, really, really nice, really like it, yes, thank you. And um, I, I'm sure she said it was a present. Anyway, she came back out after we'd eaten it all, and it ended up on the bill <laughs> as an addition, an extra. So she was either, um, either totally misunderstood, or she was a very good saleswoman. Anyway... The, 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 the overall experience was a good one. I found out I actually do like Buckwheat Pancakes. It was good. Um, but it wasn't what I expected to get, the experience to get in, a, in that restaurant. I was, it was in between being served and being kind of cajoled and like this grandmother figure sort of touching at me and saying, no, no, you should have this. wasn't the expectation that I thought I was going to have the experience I thought I was going to have. Expectations are really, really important. What do you expect to happen when you come to church? What do you expect church is going to be like? So the, the big question I want to ask you, is church family or is church business? Is church family or is it business? That's a key question for us to get right. Now, I guess all of us here have gone, well, of course it's family. I'm sure you have. But do our actions and the way we think and the way we behave and the way we talk to each other and the way we get involved reveal the truth of the fact that we know it's family? That's the question and the challenge I want to to give to us this morning. Is church family or is it business? In a normal restaurant... You should experience, what you should experience or what you expect to experience is that you're served, you sit down, you're asked what you'd like, you're given, a quick, you're given quick attention and you get what you ask for. And if you invite comment from the people in the restaurant, fair enough, but you've invited that. If when I got in from work, I sat down at home, sat down at the table, I sort of started drumming the table... Um, and waited, looking at my watch, and then said, well, service here isn't very good. Um, I've been here five minutes, and no one's asked me what I want to drink. I've had a hard day's work. Why hasn't anyone brought me a menu so I can choose what I want for my tea tonight? I wouldn't last long. (laughs) I wouldn't last long. And it would be wrong. My expectations of what happens in a family in household, would be very wrong. That's not what happens in a family. I don't live in a restaurant, and I'm not part of a business. I live in a house, and I'm part of a family. Big difference. So what's your expectation of church? What does the way you talk about church, or the way you engage with church, reveal about what your expectations really are? Ephesians 2.19 says... We are no longer strangers and foreigners. We're no longer strangers and foreigners. We are members of the household of God. We're members of the household of God. We're we're adopted into family. Household, the family of God. At Philly, Philadelphia, at St. Thomas, Philadelphia, we are a church on a journey. We want to get to know Jesus. We do, that's our passion. We want to know him and we want to make him known. 
We want to see Sheffield transformed. That's what that mural on the wall over there is all about. We want to be reminded that that's who we are. We want to see Sheffield transformed so that it reflects God's kingdom. As part of the whole church in Sheffield, we want to play our part and see that happen. We want to make disciples. We want to make life better for people. That's our vision as a church. Our ability to be able to do this depends totally on what our expectation of church is. Do we see it as a business or a family? Is it there to meet my needs? Or is it something for me to be a part of and for me to join in with? Is it there to meet my needs? Or is it there to be something to be a part of and to join in with? Okay, if we're not a business, if we are a family, let me say three things that I think are implications for that which I hope will be invitational to us all, but I hope also they will maybe challenge us a little bit about how we get involved with church. Number one, family grows into maturity. When you're in a family, you expect the members of the family to grow into maturity. God's goal is that you and I will grow to maturity. In a family, you have sons and daughters who grow to maturity to become fathers and mothers, who have sons and daughters, who grow to maturity to become fathers and mothers, who have sons and daughters, and so on. That's discipleship. That's what we are about at this church. We're about discipleship. We're about maturity and growing into the fullness of all God has for us. Paul said to the Corinthians, you have 10,000 teachers, but you do not have many fathers. You can be filled up on knowledge. You can come and listen. You can listen to all the stuff you want and get all the knowledge you want. But we need mothers and fathers who raise up sons and daughters. And as the family of God, that's who we are. How do you be a father or mother to people in the church? How do you sometimes, as a son or daughter, look for the father or mother who is ahead of you, who will lead you into the things of maturity for your life? In a family, we grow to maturity. We expect growth. If you could just put that slide of Joel up, please, Jude. Some of you may have seen this on Facebook. Joel is my eldest, and we did a little before and after shot. Um, (laughs) There's Joel when he was very little, and then there's Joel a couple of weeks ago. Very different. We could only hold that pose for about 30 seconds because he weighs a ton now. Joel is massive now. He's six foot four. If he'd have stayed that little baby, we'd have been a bit worried. No, we expected him to grow up. Didn't quite expect him to grow up as much as he did, um, but we expected him to grow up. You expect growth in family. We expect people in church, in our church family, to grow to maturity. That's what we want to go after together for that to happen. If you approach church or business, as a business, sorry, if you approach church as a business, there's no maturity required. You can just come and consume and go home. doesn't expect anything of you. If you come expecting to be served, to get something out of it for you solely, then there's no challenge to maturity. There's no engagement with people. We need that. That's what happens in family. It's not always easy. It's not always nice. Sometimes we have to speak words that are hard to hear. 
But if, if you know that you're part of family and you're doing it in love, and you know that what we want for everyone, each of us, is to grow in maturity, then you hear it. And hopefully you also hear words of encouragement to step into things as well. When you go to a restaurant, it would be weird, wouldn't it, if the waiter came up to your table and sat down with you next to you and told you what to eat, a little bit like my experience, sat down with you, chatted whilst you ate, you know, how are you doing, what sort of day have you had, you know, and you're there eating your meal at the restaurant. You don't expect that interaction, do you, in a restaurant? Unless you invite it, you don't expect that. You expect to be served, to consume. I think sometimes we see church a bit like that, and we don't really want interaction. We just want to come get what we want. And often we'll be disappointed because it's not quite met what we want. That's not what we are. We're family. So it won't always be perfect, but we are about encouraging each other to maturity. So growing, second thing, growing to maturity as family means it's not always going to be perfect. Please hear that. It will never meet every expectation you have of a perfect church. We're not going to be that sort of church. We will try and do things well, of course. But in family, it's, we put relationship and discipleship and growing into maturity and loving people and including people as a higher value than having a perfect whatever. One of the jobs my kids do at home is to empty the dish. I'm just checking which kids are in. Yeah, is to empty the dishwasher. And we want them to learn that being part of family is that you, you muck in. You know, that there's jobs to do, there's chores to do, if you like, in the house. In the early days of doing this, it was a disaster. You know, that, you know, you know stacking dishwashers is one of those sacred things anyway, isn't it? You don't really want someone coming in your house and stacking the dishwasher in any other way apart from the way you know works for your dishwasher, you know. Um, but the kids would just be, be all over and they'd be like, long spatula sticking up so the whirly thing wouldn't go around when you shut it and then you'd open it at the end and go uh, you know so it just didn't work and most of the time you're kind of going I really could do this better you know I, I, I want to go and uh, don't bother you go and sit down and watch telly I'll do it that would have made things good and made the dishwasher work but my children would never have learned how to stack a dishwasher and they can do now and they're great but they'd never have learnt it. I had to go through a bit of, if you like, imperfection. And, oh, flip, we've got to do that. Okay, we'll show you how to do it properly. Let's put it on again. Let's use another dishwasher. You know, I had to go through that for them to get to the place now where they can use the dishwasher well. Being family, helping each other to grow in maturity, requires patience and sometimes sacrificing the possibility to be all singing, all dancing for the longer and much more fruitful goal of discipleship, of growing into maturity. That's who we are. If we're family, we help each other. We love each other. We enable each other to get involved. We run the risk it might not be done quite as we would like, but that's okay because we're family. And the, the perfection, the, the, the goal of perfection is never going to be trumped by the desire for relationship and growing to maturity. Our hope is that we will be that sort of church. And I hold my hands up that we not aren't always that sort of church. But I want to say that's who we want to be. And that's who we are trying to, how we, the sort of spaces we are trying to create in this church are spaces where we can become that sort of church. And I want to mention a couple of things 
in a moment right at the end of things that we are trying to do and things that are, are happening soon. We want to be a church where you come. Sorry, we don't want to be a church where you come and expect it all to be done for you. But we do want to be a church where we create spaces where you can get involved and you can feel part of the body and the family and uh, step into that calling that God has given you. What bit of the body are you going to be for us? Why has God brought you here to be part of this body? Every one of you is important. If you say you're not part of the body, you're saying the Bible is lying. Because in the Bible it says every part is needed. Whatever that part is, every part is needed. So, lastly... If we manage to work towards this model of church's family, we will model something to this city of Sheffield and beyond, I, I hope, that challenges the individualistic narrative that is so present in our society today. We live in a world where individuality is worshipped. And it's wrong. It's not what God intended for his creation, for his people. Mother Teresa said that the greatest poverty we have is loneliness. We've lost the art of community and friendship. And the church all too often reflects these values. We talk about my ministry, my anointing. It was never meant to be I. It was always meant to be us. Always. Do you remember the story of Gideon when he had 10,000 men in his army to fight the Midianites? And God said to him, no, that's too many. Gideon's like, what? I need this many. And he pairs it down and pairs it down. And very last bit, there's 10,000 soldiers left. And God says, go down to the river, ask them to drink. Those that um, kneel down and, cup, uh, and drink and lap the water. Sorry, those that kneel down and go down to the water, get rid of them, send them home. Those that cup the water and lap it while still looking, those are army. And he was left with 300 people. Do you think God was bothered about table manners? Why did he do that? It wasn't anything to do with the way that people drank the water, except that those who were cupping the water and lapping like that were still watching the backs of those people that they were in the army with. They were caring about the other people in the army. And God said, I'd rather have an army of 300 people that looked out for each other than 30,000 that were in it for themselves. It's a great story, and it reveals God's heart for how he works and what he wants to do, how he wants to bless the world through his church. So to finish, you and I are called to be part of a family, not a business. It's not an option to like Jesus and to not like his church. Sorry. I know sometimes we all have been in that place where we would love to love Jesus, sit at home, put on a worship CD, stick our favorite podcast in on and never have to talk to another Christian again. I've been there, but it's not an option. You can't love Jesus and not love his church because it's his body. It's his bride, in fact. And uh, I won't go there, but just imagine you saying to a groom, I like you, but I don't really like your wife. It wouldn't work, would it? You can't do that with Jesus. So let's... Um, let's just finish with this 
verse from John 13, verses 34 to 35. A new command I give you, love one another. Love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. Jesus said, I'm not going to alter one bit of the law. If you remember that, he said, I'm not going to alter one bit of the law. But he did add one new commandment, which was love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one except that he lays down his life for his friends. And just to be certain, he says, and you are my friends. He knew, I think this is really key for us to hear, he knew that in the coming hard times, the church would not survive without getting this right. We won't survive if we can't get this bit right about what we're called to be. Our ability as a church to be in it for the long haul, to navigate the various stages, the events of the journey, all the different things that happen to us, different things that happen to us individually, different things that happen to us as a church, our ability to walk closely with God depends on whether or not we go after this being family together. If it's a business, we will have a surface relationship with the church, the body. And when we come to tough bits of the journey, either ours or the church's, we'll not have the resources to walk well with God. So I want to invite you today to ask God, what does it mean for you? What does it mean for me? What would it mean for me to be part of a family? Where do you need to say, I'm sorry that I've treated your church the way I have done. I need to say that sometimes in my attitude towards some parts of the church. Where do you need to hear the invite of, you are part of the body? Where do you need to stop believing the lie that you have nothing to give to the body? Everyone is part of this body. Everyone has been brought here for a reason by God. If you're choosing to make this church your church, and I realize some here this morning we'll be just looking which is fine but I want you to hear if you're choosing to be part of this church you are here for a reason we will do our best to help you to grow into maturity to help us be go on this journey of this vision of seeing Sheffield transformed but it starts as much as it does with us as with you what are you called to be how are you going to serve what does it mean for you to be part of this family And I did say I would say a couple of things because I want to hold my hands up and say it's not always been easy in the church to know how you get involved, how you can become part of this family. And I'm sorry for that. But we are trying to create those spaces for you to be able to explore that. So you already know about the Gather to Go. Please put that date in your diary. Have we got that slide there, Jude? Just the, yeah, the 28th to the 29th. Exploring together as family what it means to live a life of mission. Please try and come to that. It would be so good. And we're going to explore what it means to see Sheffield transformed together as family. And then the other thing that we're doing very soon, probably uh, towards the end of October, I haven't quite finalized the dates, but we're going to do a, a, a... King Center did something not so long ago called Base Camp, which is basically who we are, how you get involved, and uh, we're going to do it around food. We're going to do five weeks of a welcome thing. It's open to everyone. It doesn't matter if you've been here a long time and you're going, I haven't a clue how to be involved, or you, if you're new and you're thinking, how do I get involved? That's what we're going to do, and there'll be details of that coming out in the next week or two weeks. 
um, as a way of you being able to explore who we are as a church, what, it, what we really think is important as family, what are our family values, if you like, and how you can be involved. So please do look out for that.